Support for this podcast and the following message come from Wise, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With Wise, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid-market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how Wise could work for you at wise.com. Today on State of the World, what raw fish tells us about the Ukrainian economy. Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories up close where they're happening. I'm Greg Dixon. Ukraine is approaching two years since Russia's full-scale invasion of the country. The airports in Ukraine are closed and many of the seaports are blockaded. And yet, NPR's Nathan Rott was able to find a sushi restaurant open about 25 miles from the front lines. And, he says, that tells us something about Ukraine's resilience in war. I know, I know, sushi, but hear me out. Nearly anywhere you go in Ukraine, in small towns thrashed by nearly two years of fighting, in larger cities like here in Zaporizhia, you'll still find restaurants serving immaculate and, yes, delicious sushi. My favorite role, classic Philadelphia, California. Oleksandr Lapshenkov is the manager of Island Sushi, a small restaurant on a busy strip about 20 miles up the road from the trenches and minefields that now scar southern Ukraine. I myself am an internally displaced person, Lapshenkov says. My family and I are from Poloi, which is now occupied. My home is bombed and destroyed. The war has upended lives, battered businesses, and thrashed the Ukrainian economy. Despite tens of billions of dollars in financial aid to the country, the United Nations estimates that Ukraine has lost 30 percent of its GDP since Russia's full-scale invasion began in 2022. And yet, anywhere you go in the country, cafes, pizza joints and restaurants like Lapshenkov's are still open, employing people and providing what they say is a much-needed sense of normalcy. People could make films, Lapshenkov says, about how Ukrainian business adapted and survived through all of this. Sushi, a dish that in Ukraine relies almost entirely on imported ingredients, is a good example of how some aspects of Ukraine's consumer economy continue to thrive. Sergei Fedorchenko is a good example. He's the manager of a food supply warehouse in Zaporizhia. Oh, wasabi. Tempura. We're in what Fedorchenko calls the sushi corner of their warehouse, where workers are sealing boxes and stacking some ingredients that you normally wouldn't associate with sushi. Can you see all these buckets? Most of them, they are cream cheese. Everybody loves cream cheese here. Yeah, of course, the Japanese don't know what we put in our sushi, he says. But it's what people like here, so it's good for business. Fedorchenko says business has stabilized over the last year. Food importers who were worried about shipping to southeast Ukraine earlier in the war are moving goods again. And foods like fish that spoil quickly are given priority at the border crossings from Poland allowing restaurants dependent on those foods to keep operating. Sushi's rise in Ukraine started after the fall of the Soviet Union, says Olha Nasanova, a restaurant consultant in Kyiv. 
It became a popular meal, she says, for special occasions, holidays, dates. Sushi is so popular in Ukraine because it's probably the only available exotic. The whole way you eat it, she says, the chopsticks. People couldn't believe it. It was all very exotic. Naturally, we're talking to Nasanova at a sushi restaurant, one of the first in Kyiv. I mean, is it fair to say that sushi was kind of like an act of post-Soviet defiance then? Yes, yes. Nasanova says sushi is one of the dishes that symbolized Ukraine trying to distance itself from its Soviet past. And that defiance, she says, is still very much alive today. Despite air raid sirens, power outages, and bombings of civilian areas, restaurants are still packed all over Ukraine. Sitting down and eating at a restaurant is like psychotherapy, Nasanova says. It's a way to show that normal life continues. At a sushi and pizza restaurant in Slovyansk, a 30-minute drive from the rubble-strewn hellscape of Russian-occupied Bakhmut, a pair of soldiers from a Ukrainian artillery unit are ordering dinner. What'd you order? <laughs> Two pizzas and a sushi roll set with 64 different pieces, says a soldier who goes by the call sign Tramat. It's military policy for soldiers not to give their real names. We like it because when the guys come back from their positions on the front lines, he says, we need something from our everyday life, comfort food. And he says they remind them of what life is like outside of war. Nathan Rott, NPR News, Southeast Ukraine. That's the State of the World from NPR. I want to give a big thanks to everyone who listens and is subscribed to this podcast. We've grown in the last few months, and it's thanks to you. And we, like all public media, are also dependent on your financial support. Listeners who are able to give ensure that everyone has free access to news that is both reliable and entertaining. Where else are you going to hear about sushi in Ukraine? So please, consider joining NPR Plus at plus.npr.org or make a tax-deductible donation now at donate.npr.org. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again soon. With NPR Plus, there's more to hear, like extended interviews with some of the experts we talk to at Planet Money and The Indicator. It's a mistake for economists to only think about economic efficiency when considering policies because you'll actually wind up with a worse outcome. And with NPR Plus, you help keep NPR going. Learn more at plus.npr.org. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. Do you wish stories could unfold over three hours rather than three minutes? You tired of doom scrolling? Trying to find humanity? Or maybe a deeper understanding of why the world is the way it is? Listen to Embedded. NPR's original documentary series. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.